Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Guys, I know I say this a lot. I always say I'm excited for the episode, but this one we are absolutely extra excited for. It's an interview with Harrison and Michael, who is a team that we have had so much fun watching build this season. I was equally devastated and extremely excited when we got to chat to them because it meant they were eliminated from the show, but it meant we got to talk to them and absolutely pick their brains about everything. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And pick their brains we do. We got (laughs) deeper on this episode than any so far, Mm. at least about Lego stuff. With Jeff and Atlanta, we got pretty deep on some non-Lego related stuff. (laughs) But in regards to the actual builds, there's so many good details in here about how their builds evolved and what they loved and what they didn't love. You guys are definitely going to love it. And thank you so much to them for being so generous with their time and knowledge. We have a very special guest on today's podcast, Harrison and Michael. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Everyone on the podcast knows that you guys have been my favorite team this season. I've been rooting for you. (laughs) So I was so devastated when you guys got eliminated. We were upset because we knew you'd yeah. be devastated by loss <laughs> and that hurt us too. We we knew it was coming and unfortunately we, we had to do that to you and we feel... We've- yeah, we had, we had to keep hyping you up, give you the false belief it's going to be okay. I appreciate you going along with it. Um, so tell us, how was your experience on Lego Masters this season? I'd like to say it was pretty unique. I was honestly, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds disingenuous, but I was just happy to be there. Uh, I think mm. building a room full of Lego is pretty much every, every young boys and girls' childhood dream and we got to live it out on national TV. So <laughs> I, I, I think it was the most fun I've ever had. Are you at an airport? Yes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Good times, good times. Um, yeah, following on from Mike, like I loved being there. It was more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Um, extremely stressful at times, but the cast was so much fun to be around. The crew made it really enjoyable. And it's like being on an offset. It was just so much fun to be there. And yeah, like flying from Mike, like if the show was on when I was a child, all I would want to do is be on it as an adult. So we kind of had to. Had you guys built together much previously to the show or did you kind of just know that each other liked Lego and then when it came up, we're like, yeah, we should probably do this? I would say I certainly roped Harry into it. I needed a partner and I knew Harry liked Lego and he got sucked in. So hopefully he enjoyed it. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we, we both knew the other loved Lego. We were messaging when season one was on TV being like, oh, that build was good. That build was bad. And then eventually kind of developed into, we could probably do that. <laughs> and then we, we did it apparently. Yeah. And looking back at your time on the show now, what was your favorite build or the build that you're proudest of? Well, I'll probably say the Target Temple. 
purely because I got mm. coached through by the big Hamish Blake man himself. Um, <laughs> he, I don't know how many times he squinted at me through that entire episode. Harry, Harry probably kept count for me. but So many. Uh, no, that was quite a fun one. And to get a win too was something we didn't think we'd get coming in. So we're pretty happy. I think it was a bit of a bit of a contentious one because we didn't place with it. But I really liked our um, bowling ball episode when we did the Spartan Temple with the Hydra. Mm. I think after our first episode of like trying to come up with a lot of ideas and being overwhelmed, like that build we went in and like had one clear idea and we both worked on different parts and it came together really well. It was good to see as like we worked together. We had a single idea, like we worked on different parts and like the build looked awesome. Like I was really happy with what we ended up coming up with and like it was nice to see early on we could quickly work together um and like build as a team which i really Mm. enjoyed did you feel like there was a build where you really first clicked as a team like you were like yeah no you know what we actually maybe we got this was that the tiger temple Uh, i'd actually agree with harry i'd say it was the spartan build Mm. so i know our first build was quite disjointed and that was certainly the feedback we got and we definitely worked on that but i think that the spartan build we was the first build where we realized we just need one idea and we need to actually work as a team. Otherwise, we're going to get sent home pretty quickly. Speaking of feedback, this is something that we um, talk about a lot is how much feedback Brickman actually gives you guys versus what we see on TV. Did you guys find watching the show that you were like, oh, it seems like he said one thing about our build, but he actually had like a 10-minute conversation with us or was it pretty reflective of the show? Uh, like, so like the answer to that is both. So everyone, mm. every every team, every build got good and bad, like positive and negative feedback from Brickman being like, I really liked this, I didn't like that. Um, obviously, depending on how well you did, it was scaled one or the other. So if you were down the bottom, you'd get more negative feedback. Yeah. Um, and then watching it on the show, it was just clear which ones they wanted to do. So if you were a team that topped, they would show the positive feedback and not include like the one or two negatives you got. Right. And if you're down the bottom, they would just include the negative feedback mostly, not the positive side. So yeah, so every, like every team got positive negative feedback for every build. It's just, yeah, when it's on TV, they want to make it obvious who's doing well yeah. and who's obviously not doing well. And was that the same throughout the builds as well? Like during when Brickman would come over and visit, was there heaps more than what we actually saw in the end? It sort of, it depended on how you were going, I think. Um, so what, what you see is a lot of the time, so for a team like say Scotty and Owen, who Brickman seems to be giving, uh, you know, putting a lot of pressure on, I think he, he really does that for the teams he thinks can push themselves and can achieve more. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, it, it, it depended. There are a lot of episodes where like, if a team was like struggling a lot, they'd come over and be like, you need to do this or help with that. Whereas if it looked like you're in cruise control doing really well, they may not come over as much because they know you can take care of it. Yeah, right. Or he could do what he did to us in the Santa build and give us 10 minutes to build an umbrella. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good times. How did you find balancing that? Like when Brickman comes around and gives advice or sort of hints that you should be doing something else, how do you balance that advice versus what you just actually want to do or what you think is a good idea? Well, in a in a show where there's one judge, jury, and executioner, we thought it was a pretty good idea to listen to what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much whatever Brickman said, Brickman got. And mm. we actually started calling it the Bible according to Brickman. So, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Um, we've seen from previous seasons that like the teams that ignore his advice or don't take it on end up doing poorly in that episode because of it. So it's like if he says something to us, we're not better than him at Lego. So we're not going to be like, I think you're wrong. Yeah. He's there for a reason. And so did you guys watch the previous seasons then specifically in preparation and try and take notes like that note just then? <laughs> not necessarily notes. It was more the, if Brickman tells you to do something, do it. <laughs> Fairly straightforward. Yeah. We we watched to kind of try and figure out like, you know, what did people built? What did Brickman like? Mm. What themes have they done before? What might they revisit? Um, but yeah, otherwise just to see like, you know, what 
what was good and what was bad. Yeah, I think I think a classic example of that was the uh, space shuttle episode where Owen decided he knew better than Brickman yes. and ended up <laughs> in the bottom two. And I think all Brickman's there to do is try and get the best build out of you because at the end of the day, no one wants to see an incomplete or a really bad looking build. Everyone wants to see really cool stuff. And that's why and that's why on the show we're so happy for everyone else when you do see that because it might seem it might seem like, you know, we're all playing it up a little bit, but no, we we're pretty thankful to be able to see see stuff like the fox being made and see that in person yeah. and and that sort of thing. It's pretty cool. It definitely seems like Brickman has like proud dad vibes where he's like, I just want the best for you. Totally. Huge, huge, huge like, <laughs> huge like <laughs> a dad vibes. Proud for us it was more disappointed dad a lot of the time. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Every time we kind of look at you and just kind of walk off, you're like, Oh no, what have we done? Please just talk to us. <laughs> Speaking of, um, your Mother Nature build was obviously beautiful and you guys seemed pretty happy with it. Were you like, Chris, were you, were you surprised when Brickman was criticizing it and you sort of realized that you might go home? Uh, without giving too much away, I think we were, we were disappointed that a lot of the stuff we heard talking in the background we didn't hear during the build. Right. So things like a lot of green, not very poppy, that sort of stuff we would have loved to have heard so we could address it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's an elimination. So he's you know, he's not going to save you yeah. and not save the other teams. So totally. um, yeah, it's a bit of a fine line he has to tread. But yeah, I think we we're pretty happy with it, Harry. Oh, we were extremely happy with what we ended up with. Like, I think Mother Nature looked wicked, but I also know based on like, we knew based on this season and the last seasons that characters and facial expressions and emotions was always something he'd like picked up on if it wasn't perfect. And so there was always a gamble when we did a character that whether or not he was going to love the face or not. Like we knew that was a possibility. Obviously we don't get to see much, that much detail on the show. Like we get, yeah, like 10 seconds of hero shots and that's kind of it. Were there some cool little details from your builds that you wish made it onto the show that you could talk us through? Like so many and so many for us and so many for other teams. Like even like our, our first one, our theme park, like if you look at it from above, it was just like a theme park going on. But if you looked around like the minifig stories, like the haunted house was actually haunted and people were having this like a terrifying time. Oh, that's so cool. There's a pair man trying to fix the broken Ferris wheel that was going too quickly. Oh, um, oh that's funny. A, yeah. And even on like our mother nature build, like on the nature side, we have people like recreating Adam and Eve with like a snake and a golden apple and people dancing with like little, you know, leaves covering themselves up. But like every, I think every build where people had a lot of minifig stories um, it was just super hard to see them all in the show. And it was annoying because like they were some of the best parts of a lot of people's builds. Mm. We would have loved for everyone else to see them. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to touch on the fun sign too. Oh, the fun sign. The fun <laughs> sign was meant to be ironic. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I thought. Yeah, I did criticize that in our first episode. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I appreciate it. I wasn't sure who was who would get it. And then when Parenti said he, he had, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it came up in the judging for that one, but obviously they didn't air it. Oh, oh, okay. What did Brickman say? He said it was just funny how like, there was just a giant sign advertising fun. Yeah. And that's like why you would stop because it's like fun's ahead. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got, I've yeah, got right. a pretty dry sense of humor as Harry definitely found out on the show. So yeah. that sort of stuff we try to throw into our builds. So is one of you a particularly big theme park fan? I think we both like the idea of doing a theme park for a build. And I think once we got that episode where it was like, just build something to stop the track, I think we were both just like, oh my God, we could build a theme park. Mm. Just because it was like a nice idea. I think we, we were actually expecting a theme park challenge to pop up sometime during the season. Yeah. Mm. And we actually expected it to be first. So we sort of had that idea locked and loaded. And because we were sort of deer in a headlight sort of stuff, we just <laughs> threw what we could onto a base plate and, and hoped for the best. <laughs> so did you go into 
the season with anything in the back of your head, like, yes, I know we're going to build this at some point. We just have to wait for it to suit. Or was it really just like winging it every episode? Mostly, mostly winging, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I'd say there was one build that we had locked and loaded and that was Mother Nature. Yeah, okay. We kind of guessed there'd be a couple of things like Mike guess there might be a car racing whether it was like a, a drag race or like a gravity street racer kind of oh, idea wow. so we kind of thought that would be there we knew there'd be a theme build some people said marvel some people said like harry potter we're taking wild guesses but no one was confident mm. it was going to be one or the other um but like a lot of the stuff like the snow globe challenge and stuff it's like how do you prepare for that without yeah. knowing exactly that there's going to be a snow globe episode yeah well let's talk about the snow globe then <laughs> We've had a bit of a chat with some of the other teams about how much snow there ended up being. Was that something that took you guys by surprise as well? It took all of us by surprise. Yeah, big, <laughs> big time. We were we were actually pretty lucky that Brickman said build the umbrella because it actually helped block Santa from oh, getting completely yeah. covered. Yeah, we just didn't expect. No one expected it to be you know three inches of snow falling into a. 10-inch high snow globe. And I think in everyone's feedback, I think except for maybe Amy and Darwin because they use the snow really well, everyone's feedback from Brick members, you didn't compensate for there being that much snow yeah, in your build. Hell. Like we all got the same feedback. But it was certainly a learning experience because I think there was a few other challenges where we didn't expect stuff to be as it was. Mm. Um, and so it certainly made you try and anticipate what was going to happen a little bit better. Well, I guess with the Spartan Temple that you built for the explosion challenge, like you, you, you couldn't account for the the bowling ball. Like it must have been really difficult to try and build something that would look good, no matter what. No, we were all we we're all panicking so much. Like <laughs> so, so in inside the temple, and I wish I looking back now, I wish we had done it a little bit differently. There was a scaffold holding up the hydra, and the scaffold was chockers full of I think red or green pieces, um, but underneath there was a big sort of wide. Um, arm, I guess you'd call it. So just in case it didn't hit flush on, at least we know this, the hydra would still fall, which it did. Um, oh, but unfortunately, cool, yeah. it just didn't hit bang in the middle. Yeah, I think when we were starting the build, I think we all just misconceived how much a bowling ball would hit. Like we're all just <laughs> like, am I am I building this too strong? Is it going to just bounce off my build? And in hindsight, it demolished literally everything in front of it. So <laughs> if we could do that again, we would be able to pack it so much more full of stuff and make the explosion bigger because we know it was going to just sail right through it. Have you had that same thought with any other builds? Like you look back and you're like, oh, I wish we added this or took away this. Yeah, Harry knows which one keeps me up at night and that's the <laughs> fisherman build on the pier. Oh. We were actually pretty happy with it at the time. And again, the point of the pier being so tall was because it had to reach the height, but it was also to add yeah. to the sort of funny side of it, like, you know, the impossibly big pier. Yeah, that's what I thought. Looking back, actually, I actually messaged Brickman and said, Brickman, I know how I could have fixed it. And what we could have done is actually done the water level halfway up it. Yeah. And so you have an underwater scene, yeah. you have a mid scene, and you have a top scene. Oh, yeah. That would sick. But that was actually filmed all in one day, that challenge. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's why it seemed everyone was really stressed because we were just super pushed for time. Yeah. Yeah, and we were pretty exhausted by the end of it too. And so it's pretty hard when you're going helter-skelter for eight hours and hard to step back and think, oh, how could this be improved? Yeah. Were there any builds that when you saw them in the episode on TV, you're like, oh, the, the way it looks on camera is so different to what it looked like to us when we were building <laughs> it. And I would have built it so much differently now that I know how it looks on camera. <laughs> Was that a weird thing to kind of just, just yeah. you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the the one build I think Harry and I were both surprised with about how how much better it looked on camera than we thought it would was the Wakanda build. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we we actually scrapped our build about three hours into it. Uh, so we only really had seven hours worth of building. Oh wow. And so we were really pushed for time, and that's probably it shows in the end because we wish we could have done a bit of 
bit of something bigger at the back of it. But mm. that's we were sort of, I think we were both impressed with how well we could sort of push ourselves in terms of time. Yeah, I think I think because we were so stressed about the build when we finished, we kind of looked at it being like, oh, we're done. Like we had seven hours, here it is. Yeah. And then you look at it on TV and you're like, you know what, that actually looked pretty good. So what happened in those first three hours? Could you just not settle on an idea? We had an idea. So it was going to be something similar. So we had the big Thanos landing kind of shockwave, but then we yeah. wanted it to be kind of like a bit more of the Infinity War vibe where there's a battle taking place down. So it was a bigger scene. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and Brickman came around being like, think about it like a movie. Would that really all be in one shot? And we were like, mm. no, that's a big scene. And so we focused on that impact. Um, which meant we had to kind of get rid of the rest of the build. Oh, that's really interesting. It's something that we see in episodes sometimes a team scraps their build, most famously Scotty and Owen. But <laughs> how often does it happen then that we don't see in the final TV episode? Uh, probably not all that. Like, in terms of actually scrapping a build, not that doesn't really happen that often. Yeah. That, was, that was probably the only time we did it. Uh, mm-hmm. but in terms of like like a directional change in terms of what you're doing, quite often you won't see that. Like the, I'm trying to give a good example. Uh, the, the space dogs was a good example of that where we pivoted to dogs in mechs after we were, we wanted to like blow a dog up essentially, not blow, <laughs> not blow it up. <laughs> we wanted to, size-wise, we want, yeah, and size-wise. And an uh, enlargement ray kind of gimmick. Yeah, okay. Oh, cool. That's cool. But we were, it was suggested to us that Henry and Kay did something similar in season one and so we'd be compared against them and we're not going to probably compete against season one's winners in a build that's elimination. So we decided to go dogs and mechs. Mm. But like pretty much I'd say almost every episode there was someone who went through like a directional change that may not have been aired. Yeah, right. Sure. Yep. That's super interesting that they brought up Henry and Cade's build. Was that a thing on the show, like trying not to build from what they did in previous seasons because they think Brickman will compare it? Is that what that is? Uh, I think what, what, what we found was if someone had done something really well, they would bring it up. But vice versa, if someone had done something really poorly in the past, so uh, not to throw them under the bus too much, but um, I think uh, <laughs> Gus and Dave with their bouncing castle did that yep. much better than the original bouncing castle. So things like, um, I think it was mentioned at one stage really early on that Henry and Kate had done a big wave. So that's now the benchmark for right. waves. Sort of yeah, thing. So, sure. So things are being benchmarked. Yeah, right. yeah, and I think it was kind of a it was kind of a test Brickman was giving you, being like, are you confident enough in your skills mm. to go through with this idea and pull it off? Or do you want to change your idea? Because that's what we're gonna compare it to. And sometimes people are like, Yeah, no, I'm backing ourselves in, we're gonna do this. And sometimes we were like, nah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> Can we talk a bit about the dream home slash tiny home build? Yes. Which for me, was maybe my favorite build from you guys out of the season, and I absolutely thought it should have been the winner. So I'd love to talk about that build and, and how you guys were taking that risk, but then also how you guys got totally um, messed up, let's say, by the, the <laughs> twist at the end. So first of all, how did you come to the idea of building a landscape instead of a house? So one thing I love building is those big open landscapes. Um, like I love that, just laying bricks down, sort of like it's a mindfulness activity almost. Um, and then Harry actually quite enjoys doing things at a smaller scale. Um, and for us, we don't really do architecture that well. So we figured, well, let's actually just take a risk because why not? Yeah. Um, and it was actually, to be fair, that was probably one of my favorite builds to build. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I thought before the twist, I was super impressed with how it was looking. And I actually thought we were probably pretty close to top two mm. um, before, the, before the twist. Mm. But yeah, I'll, I'll let Harry talk about the, 
the building stuff because he he did a really good job on the house. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, look, that was I think I agree with Mike. That was one of our favorite ones to build. Like we were laying landscapes like crazy for hours, like just putting down bricks and plates and making this awesome landscape. We'd start. I'd started building a house, like an actual minifig scale house at the start when we'd settled on like a ranch kind of western vibe. And I started building it, and Mike and I kind of just looked at each other and we're like, "This isn't us. Like we're not building the house type. Like this isn't going to work. We're probably going to lose if we try and build a full scale house." Yeah, yeah. And then. It was a bit of a rush from Brickman. They didn't air it, but it was a bit of a rush from Brickman. Brickman was like, well, the house could be like, and he put down like a single two by four. He's like, the house could be that big if you do it right. And I was like, yes, we can do micro scale. So I went and like, so I went and built the house later, like later on because we're going to get the landscape out of the way. Mm. And yeah, it was looking really good. Like I was thinking like if we'd done something like that, we'd like, we could just take that build and like submit it in an exhibition and just be done. Totally. That'd be nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, the twist, I think the twist through us, because we knew we had a good idea. I think with the development because it was a really nice nightmare to our dream. Mm. But then, yeah, yeah we had yeah. we had three hours to make sure everything was perfectly to scale. Whereas before, we'd had like twelve or something to get everything right for one building. So we had three yeah. to get. Like it ended up just being like not enough time, and we ended up rushing some things. Of course, I yeah. think we had a conversation around: Do we want to make a statement? Because I think we could have easily just gone, okay, well, let's just put a highway on it going through the mountain, and that'll be a good enough twist, and that'll get us through. But I think we did want to make a statement, you know, around. I guess even like around that urbanization stuff and how, mm. you know, that you're sort of losing that connection to nature because both Harry and I, you know, love a good hike. We love being outdoors, love that sort of thing. So that's certainly, I hope that came through a little bit in terms of that build, but also the Mother Nature build as well. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a really good point, actually. I hadn't even realized the two were connected, but you're totally right, they are. I was also curious why you chose like a, a Monument Valley Western style thing as opposed to maybe like a big forest <laughs> or a coastal landscape. I love the choice, but was there anything in particular that drew you to that? Yeah, for me, this is the – Harry Harry knows. I'd been – so before COVID hit, I really wanted to go travel to like the Rainbow Valley in Utah. Yeah. Um, so I love that landscape where it's just all these oranges and yellows mm. and um, big, like big sweeping plains and things like that. And so for me, it was more the color scheme and the fact that I really actually wanted to go to that place. Yeah. And like, I, like, it was such, like, once we started building it, the colors came out so nice. Like, I meant we had the river running down, which was such a beautiful mm. color contrast to do. Um, and yeah. once we started laying bricks and getting like the, whatever the monoliths in the background are called, I know we looked it up, Mike, there's a formal name I can't remember. <laughs> but um, once we started building that, it was just so much fun to do. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Ugh, what a great build. I really love that build. My thumbs were like absolutely bleeding after laying all those plates though. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like do you come home with your hands like every every day on set? Ripped you, open? Yeah, your thumb, like your thumbs oh are completely, gosh. like you're trying to use your phone at night, your thumb's completely <gasps> sensitive from it and like your fingers are all cut. So many oh bandages God. and band-aids got thrown around on set because everyone's just cutting themselves. Oh, wild. Yeah. Okay, I cannot go on the show. I can't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> also because we're terrible at building, that's the other problem. That too. Uh, we can teach you. That's fine. Okay. Well, we're back yeah, on you'd board. be surprised what you pick okay, up. We'll have some training sessions. <laughs> and then, so if the twist had been done differently, so let's say you they'd given you the full time to finish the build as is, and then come back with the twist and given you like six hours or whatever, do you think there's a version of your build that could have taken out the top the top place, or do you think because of the direction you went in? The twist was just like really geared to be more difficult for you than it was for the other teams. Uh, I I actually think we were probably a fair chance to win it had we had the time to really. So, so with the micro scale building, it's quite difficult, and this is certainly what. So I, I don't really do it, and I found this out the hard way. It's really hard to you sort of have to tinker with it quite a lot. Mm. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you really have to refine what you're doing, and so I think if we did have that extra time, yeah, for, I I actually think for sure we would have been. I think it would have been a pretty cool piece too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just, 
it was one of those ones where with three hours to go, you've now got less time to do everything. You haven't had time to think about it over a break yeah. or something like that. And it's like, okay, what can we do? And again, like micro scale is, I think doing a build where we played with scale, it was geared up to be easy to pick apart. Like you can pick up things in scale that are wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it was going to be really easy to find negatives with our build if we hadn't done it perfectly. Like any small issue is magnified. Exactly. You guys for the floating brick balloon thing build, whatever they called that, you built something which might have been the first time <laughs> that a contestant roasted themselves in a build on Lego Masters. <laughs> what, how did you feel about that? <laughs> it was, I, I will be honest, it was an evolving idea. We initially built the male character and when we went to test him, because we wanted like a male character, maybe like a briefcase doing like a real up vibe. Oh, um, when we went to weigh him on the balloon, he just flew to the roof. <laughs> and so we knew that one character was going to be way too light. And so we were like, we'll do two characters then because that should hopefully balance it out. I, I like to think it's art imitates life. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and then once Mike mentioned it once, everyone jumped on board yeah. and it became a thing and then yep, that's yep. how the story got developed. I think it's a strong story though. Like it's obviously very vulnerable by you and you're making all the <laughs> sacrifice. But, you know, it, it, I think it pays off. It was it was good. And I think one of the things um, Brickman really liked how we used the balloon as part of our story. Like they're actually yeah. floating away as Definitely, part of the story. Yeah, yeah. That was smart. Yeah. It was really hard to do though. I think Mike worked really hard on it. So the wire and the brick was hanging from the balloon was super hard to work with. So we ended up having to like wire the plate through the female character's head and stuff so the whole oh, thing was wow. connected to the yeah it took a long time for mike to I've get never, right i've never had a sense of accomplishment like i did with that <laughs> yeah the wire the wire went straight through the middle of and that's why because she was ended up being quite boxy and that's why that was the case because the wire came down to a technic technic piece so it was sort of, that was dictated or that sort of dictated the shape she had to be but wow. ha how happy was i with that <laughs> so happy like once we got it floating <laughs> thank god and it made it all okay that your love life was completely on display it's fine. on national television. It's okay. <laughs> you'll win some, you'll lose some. Let's jump to quickly talking about the tank that you guys, well, I guess the racing build <laughs> overall, which at one point was a tank. Yeah. Zoe and I had a chat when we were talking about that podcast about whether or not tanks can be fast. Talk us through your thought process with using tank tracks. <laughs> uh, so we were told there was no wheels in the brick pit, and so we assumed there would be no circular discs in the brick pit. S smart assumption. Uh, so we were like, well, what goes? And so the gears we actually used, so they actually took out the tank gears because they're too similar to, to wheels. And so what we what we decided, there's bevel gears in there, which have four prongs on them. So they're actually not wheels at all, but fit perfectly in the treads. Oh. So we thought we'd be clever and do a four-wheel drive gearing system. Oh, I see. Uh, and then it just, so it actually, if you actually look at the race, so it took, took off really well and actually took off really quickly. But kept a constant speed. Right. Ah, uh, so really good pickup and then no acceleration. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think, I don't know how it worked with the timing, but I think like probably halfway through the build, we realized that you could replace it with discs. And so yeah. we did. I think it kind of made it look like it was done very late in the build for us, but we'd done it with about, we had at least an hour to go yeah, by the time right. we swapped to the tires. Were you a bit disappointed when you realized that, that every team was just using these discs <laughs> that were still in the brick pit? You were kind of like, oh, all our engineering down the drain. Uh, a little bit. I mean, it would have been fun to see, mm. you know, how other teams would have gone if they had just, you know, tried something other than a, than a wheel. I think mm. Ryan and Gabby's was really creative. Dave and Gus had some really funky stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sarah and Fleurs was just sitting there doing donuts. So... Um, no, it was actually, it was really, it was a really fun build that one. I think it would have been really nice to see 
if they'd tried to force us to do something really wacky and out of the box, like, yeah, got rid of everything circular and mm. been like, what can you guys do? Guys, thank you so much for answering all these very specific questions that we've been throwing at you. Is there anything that you guys have been wanting to talk about that you haven't had a chance to yet or that no one's asked you about? So, so with my physio work, I use Lego uh, to help improve fine motor function. Uh, so I use it with a lot of patients with disability and one in particular, uh, her name's Tasha. She's got motor neuron disease and for those that don't know, that's a terminal condition. So she's only young, she's only 47, she's got five kids in a beautiful family. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Tasha for inspiring me and inspiring pretty much everyone she comes into contact with to you know seize the day and make the most of every opportunity because... She is a big part of the reason I applied for the show and I'd, I'd love for more people to learn about motor neuron disease and disability in general and help to normalise that. Hell yeah, man, for sure. That's so sweet. I love that she was your inspiration really to go on the show. That's so nice. Yeah, she's a, there's a whole bunch going on with her plan and she's not getting a lot of help from the government, so it's quite a Aww. sad story. So I just try to help her out where I can. I think this is a good a good forum and a, a good thing to shout out definitely because yeah on the show you are kind of like the fun young guns and we didn't really go that deep into your backstory or, or anything like that so it's good to get a bit of a deeper side. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast guys it's been so great to have you. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. I can't remember if I said that at the beginning, if it's that it's Australia's only, but it is. So you're welcome. We're, we're, we do this for you. It's a service <laughs> for you, the listener. Um, we actually hate the TV show. I hate Lego. I hate anything that's designed in Europe, including me. But we do it for you. So thank you for listening. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know how to come back from that. <laughs> on that note, uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram at logomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMDthePod. Hit us up there with any questions for contestants we haven't interviewed yet and any thoughts and feels. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.